Hello and welcome to episode 36 of The Witcher chapter by chapter book review, where I'll go through a summary of the latest chapter and give my detailed thoughts on it. Today, I'm discussing chapter one from The Tower of Swallows. New book, again, sixth time. Well, I guess fifth time onto a new book, unless you do count the first book, then I guess, yeah, sixth time. <laughs> so the first episode was the first time we were on a new book, but it was the first one, so I don't know if you want to count that, but it doesn't matter. Got a good episode, but definitely gonna be a short episode. I like this chapter. I'm excited to talk about it, but there's not gonna be a whole lot to say because it's really, really short. This is one of the shortest chapters so far. If not the shortest, chapter seven of The Last Wish might have been either the same size or maybe a little bit shorter, a little bit longer. I don't remember exactly, but aside from that, there has not been a chapter this short. It's 26 pages at least in my copy. And just to give you some context, because uh, there's a good chance that you don't count the chapters like I do for these books. And I normally don't count chapter page length <laughs> when I'm reading a book, but because I'm doing a podcast on these books, I've been counting each chapter's page amount. And um, yeah, like I said, I wouldn't normally do that, but I'm doing that just, I like to have an idea of how much time it's going to take me because I'm not a fast reader. So I, I like to go through and figure out exactly like, okay, well, this, ch this chapter is this many pages, so I should really get a move on with it because it's big or this chapter only has like this one, 26 pages. Like I don't need to like rush or feel pressured to go through it quickly. Like I can take my time. This, yeah, so this chapter is definitely one of those. So there's not gonna be a whole lot to talk about, which you know what, today, that's not necessarily a bad thing for me <laughs> recording this because at the time of recording this, and I say that just in case you're listening to this in the far distant future, it's August, it's really hot. It's so hot in my apartment right now, my goodness. And what I normally do to stay cool in my apartment with no air conditioning is I have this little fan that I'll have pointed directly on me, like a foot, maybe a foot and a half away from me. <laughs> and it works to keep me cool, but I can't do that while I'm recording because it's loud. It's, uh, it's very loud in the microphone. And I've tested it out. I've tried placing the fan at different angles around me. I've tried putting it just on low, but it, it gets picked up by the mic terribly. So unfortunately, I can't use my fan while I'm recording my podcast episodes. And I imagine I'm gonna be sweating a little bit by the time I'm done recording this. But it's okay, because it's worth it. It's The Witcher. Talking about The Witcher is definitely worth a little bit of physical discomfort. I'm okay with it. But at the same time, I'm okay with not having to spend too much time without my fan. Um, next episode though, I know it's a longer chapter, so I'm not totally sure uh, what I'm gonna do because I think it's still gonna be hot out, but I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. But yeah, just to give you a little bit of additional context, I think I started on this point and then forgot to finish it. Most chapters in these books are at least 40 pages, usually. Uh, this one's 26 pages. The previous chapter, I think, was almost 60 pages. I think it was 58 pages. And I understand with different copies, different, um, I don't know, like 
where it was distributed. I'm not sure exactly how those things work, but I think the page count might not be exactly the same depending on the copy of the book that you have. But the copy that I have is only 26 pages in this first chapter. And either way, like it's going to be a short chapter no matter what your copy is like. So it's just going to, it is what it is. It's just going to have to be a quick episode. There's not really a whole lot to discuss, but there are a lot of things that we learn, a lot of news and a new character. So I guess we can just kind of get into it now after I go through the recap of the previous episode. So we wrapped up Baptism of Fire with Geralt acquiring a first-rate sword from Zoltan. Milva miscarrying on the banks of the Yuruga, while Geralt and Cahir defend a bridge against Nilfgaardians, along with the Lyrian and Rivian army. After successfully defending the bridge, Geralt is knighted by Queen Meave. Here is the summary of the first chapter of the Tower of Swallows. During the equinox, when all types of people throughout the world are awoken by nightmares from the presence of the wild hunt, an old hermit called Visigoda, sorry if I'm not pronouncing that the way it's meant to be pronounced, that's the best I can do. <laughs> uh, yeah, an old hermit called Visigoda, who lives in a remote swamp region, safely tucked away from civilization, finds a gravely injured Siri, unconscious with a face covered in dry blood. As a former doctor, he brings Siri to his home and nurses her back to health. As she's recovering, Siri explains very little about how she ended up here and why she's being desperately hunted and what led to the cut on her face that's left her disfigured. Eventually, Visigoda and Siri agree to trade stories about why it's necessary for both of them to remain in hiding. Visigoda explains that he was a professor at the University of Oxenfurt until he was to be sentenced to death for writing a controversial treatise. He later became a professor in Nilfgaard at the Imperial Academy until the same thing happened. After he moved to his current country, the land became annexed by Nilfgaard and he found himself living here illegally, but decided he was too old to move again, but his home is so well hidden that he's staying put. The chapter comes to an end before Siri can recount her story. So some stuff has happened to Siri since we last saw her. And I discussed this in the previous episode that we didn't really get to spend that much time with Siri throughout Baptism of Fire. So we know that what led to the position that she's currently in and to these injuries that she's sustained, uh, we know that we haven't gotten to witness anything that caused these events to unfold. So the limited information that we were given on Siri in the previous book has nothing to do with the fact that we don't know exactly what happened to her. So this happened since the last time that we got to see her. But yeah, a lot of things happen. We don't get to learn too much. I'll get into details about that. So to start from the beginning, uh, before the setting reaches Faisagoda, we're given a quick look at the temple school in Alander. So the same temple school that Siri was studying at, that she, where she met Yennefer and where she was learning magic. So Triss, Triss Marigold, is there talking to Yara. And Yara, we met him briefly when Siri was there. He's probably the only boy in the general vicinity. And uh, he kind of had a crush on Siri. I think there was one moment where he tried to kiss her and she was not, <laughs> she was not cool with that. So this boy that I think had a little crush on Siri, uh, he's present in this scene and Triss and Yara, they're talking. Uh, everybody was awoken in the middle of the night by the passing of the wild hunt. So Triss 
Yara and Neneke are kind of talking about how they all had the same prophetic dream about Ciri with a face covered in blood. And I say it's prophetic because we, as we soon learn after this moment, Ciri had a bad face wound. Yara was freaking out that Ciri was dying, but this is pretty much all we get to see here. So for some reason, Triss is at the temple school now. It seems like uh, Mother Nenica is familiar with a lot of the characters that we're familiar with. Like we already knew that when Yennefer was there, Nenica and uh, Yennefer knew each other prior. Geralt has a history with her also. So yeah, she knows a lot of the same people that we know and seems to have a um, like a pretty deep relationship with them. Like it's like a very familiar relationship with them. But anyway, the rest of the chapter is with Visigoda and Ciri. So for the first day after Visigoda found Ciri and started treating her, the wound on her face gets infected and then she had a rapidly advancing fever and she almost died. So he had very few resources and medicaments handy. So it was actually looking like, uh, from his perspective, that she probably wasn't going to make it. But she managed to get better anyway, which is fantastic. Without his intervention, even though he wasn't that hopeful she was going to make it, without his intervention, she probably would have died. Or I think you could probably say definitely would have died. If he didn't happen to stumble upon her or if he didn't live there, then she certainly would have died if she was just left on the ground where he found her. So I'm going to talk about what we know so far about what happened to Ciri between the last time that we saw her and where we find her in this chapter. So we learn some things. It's very vague, but we do get to learn some things. It's just the how and the why are not really fleshed out in this chapter. So we're going to do a little bit of speculating maybe, but let's at least start by talking about what we know. So I want to start out on a positive because these are mostly gonna be negative. So the first one, the positive that I have is she's acquired a black horse called Kelpie. <laughs> Kelpie is this black, beautiful horse named after a sea monster that can assume the shape of a horse, a dolphin, or a woman. That's it though, that's the only positive. <laughs> so she received the face wound from Taniel, Stefan Skellen. She tells Visigoda this when he asks if Boneheart did it. And he knows to ask about Boneheart because she kept screaming his name in her sleep when she was recovering from her fever. We know that Boneheart certainly found her. The last thing that we heard about Boneheart was that he was hired by Taniel to kill Ciri and was quite confident he'd be able to do so. And at the beginning of the last chapter, it was briefly mentioned they would meet Ciri and Boneheart. This has in fact happened since we left off in Baptism of Fire. We also find out that she, in addition to the horrible wound on her face, she's been beaten and flogged. It seems like Boneheart was the one who did this to her because she said to Visigoda that Boneheart hurt her more gravely, more deeply than the wound on her face. Uh, another thing that we get to find out is she said her friends were massacred definitely got to be referring to the rats. I would guess Boneheart successfully killed the rats like he planned to because there was a bounty on him that he wanted to collect or there was a bounty on them that he wanted to collect. I would just wonder why he didn't kill Siri if it was he who killed the rats. 
especially since that's what Tawny Al paid him to do. He didn't care about the others as much. I know he wanted that bounty, but he was specifically hired to kill Siri. So I'm thinking that maybe she just got away before he had the chance to kill her, but also that makes me wonder why he would beat her before killing her. I'm thinking that maybe what happened is that Tawny Al tried to kill her since Boneheart hadn't. So I don't know exactly how Bo- or how Tawny Al wounded Siri's face, but I'm thinking that that wasn't an attempt to kill her because Boneheart was not successful. It's just really strange. Like, how did she end up even around Tawny Al? Why wouldn't Boneheart have killed her like he was supposed to, but he killed the rest of the rats? Maybe it wasn't even him that killed the rest of the rats. She doesn't say. She says that her friends were massacred. She doesn't even refer to them as the rats. So I guess there's the slightest possibility that she wasn't referring to them. But I, I can't imagine that she would say my friends were massacred and then it wasn't them. I mean, those are the people that she has been the closest with since she's met them. So, And she's around them all the time. Like they all travel together and they uh, all sleep in the same place every night. So... It's got to be them. I don't really sympathize too much because they weren't really good people, but I don't know. I've talked about it a little bit before with the rats, how they're not good people, but they're also so young and they're kind of at that age where they're at that age where if you're going to make bad decisions in your life, that's when you're most likely going to be doing it. So I don't, I wouldn't want them to be killed in horrible ways, but at the same time, I'm not going to feel as sorry for them as I would somebody else. Like, I don't know, somebody that was a good person, I guess. But I do feel bad for Siri, even though she was doing bad things also. But I do feel sorry for her because those were the only people that she had in her life that she was close to at the moment. You know, the other people in her life that haven't been killed, like the rest of her family, she had Geralt and Yennefer. She doesn't know where they are or if she's ever going to see them again. And for all she knows, they're not even alive. So she finally finds this new family. And like after losing her original family, she meets Geralt and Yennefer, who are like a mother and father to her. And now she is under the impression that she's lost them, finds this other family and the rats. And now they're all dead. So I definitely have a lot of sympathy for Siri when it comes to them all getting killed. So Siri believes that she is still being hunted. Vaisagoda confirms this, so he gets these uh, provisions from the nearest village. He says that the nearest village is not nearby, it's just the nearest one. So he exchanges these pelts that he makes for food, and they get brought to him by boat. And I guess when he's talking to the people that he makes these exchanges with, he learns that a band of horsemen were searching for her in the village twice. And they were threatening the villagers not to hide her, but now they are offering a reward for her corpse. Which, at first, Faisagoda thinks that this is going to give Siri some peace of mind, some relief, but she believes that they're not going to give up until they find one. So, for some reason, whoever it is that's searching for her, probably Boneheart, Tawny Owl, uh, sounds like there's probably more people. I'm not totally sure about that. It just That's just how it sounded. Uh, they are desperate for some reason to find her. I can't imagine exactly what happened. I I know that Tawny Owl, however, is aware of the fact that she is not this Falca that she's been going by. She is Siri, the 
princess of Sintra. So I guess that that would probably give him a lot of incentive to try and find her. But all the same, I don't know why he would be trying to kill her. That has not been explained yet. Even when uh, we learned back in, I think it was chapter six of baptism of fire that he wanted her dead it's not explained why he wants her dead because amir wanted her not dead he wanted her alive so i don't even know if this is amir's orders or what's going on it's all very mysterious at the moment and speaking of mystery and confusion it's very mysterious how siri ended up by vizagoda's home it's so remote and hidden. Like She doesn't even have to worry about anybody finding her there, which is great. We don't want any of these people that are desperately searching for her to find her. But this place is just so hidden that it doesn't make any sense how she ended up there. The hummocks on the swamps are so surrounded by bogs that it should be impossible for anyone unfamiliar with the paths to reach them. She managed to somehow. Uh, another weird thing about this whole situation is that she was convinced that the date was earlier than it was. Faisagoda was certain that he found her about 10 hours after she sustained her face injury. However, she says she was wounded on September 23rd, but he found her on September 26th. Perhaps her memory is just serving her poorly after getting wounded, sick, resting a lot, but it's still strange since she was so sure that it was the 23rd. It's just another oddity that's not really... Well, it's not that it's not explained. It's just they don't even know what's going on. They don't know what happened. All right. Well, I said it was going to be a short episode. That's all I got for my notes. I have a few closing thoughts here, though. But um, as far as the main discussion goes, that's all I had. (laughs) I think I covered everything important in the chapter. So... For my closing thoughts, Siri is probably safe there for a while, and it's best that she doesn't leave for sure, but the thing that I was thinking about is it's going to make it difficult for Geralt to find her if he ever does actually manage to get into this general area. So if he is able to find these druids and they're able to tell him like the area that Siri's in, I can't imagine that they would give him an approximate location, but... If he was to head over there, I don't think Geralt's going to be able to find her. I think it's going to be a long time before he would even be able to get there. I don't know how long she plans on staying, but I imagine she's going to have to stay there for a decent amount of time because otherwise they're going to probably find her, the people that are hunting her, and that's something that she really needs to avoid. But if she is still hiding out at Vizagoda's home by the time Geralt gets to this area, if he ever gets there... I don't know how he's going to locate her. So I'll have to see how that plays out. But the chapter cuts out before Siri can tell the story of what happened to her that led up to where we find her at the beginning. So until we arrive at the chapter where she does get to explain that story, we can really only speculate. Uh, What we currently need more details on is how the rats died, if they did in fact die, which I mean, I would would say I'm like 99.5% certain that they did die. Um, why Tawniel gave her the scar on her face and how Boneheart hurt her but failed to kill her. I would really love to see what happened during that meeting. I think that this tale is most likely going to be a dark one. If it ended with her friends killed and with her disfigured and then also finding out that she was beat, it's going to be a bad story. 
So, with that in mind, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're just going to have to see what happens when, whenever we get to the chapter where she explains it. But I got to say, I'm not really looking forward to it because I, I, I don't, I, I know that there's a lot of dark stuff in this world, but it's just, I don't really want to, I, I, I'm not excited to hear details on how Siri was beat and injured and had to see her friends massacred it just sounds like it's going to be disturbing so we're gonna have to see how exactly how just how disturbing it is when we get there but uh, i'm not really looking forward to that part all right that's all i got for you so <laughs> just to let you know in case you didn't these episodes are available on youtube spotify and apple podcast thank you so much for joining and i'll catch you all in the next episode